and welcome to the FPL Lounge podcast where we are reviewing game week two and it was goals galore across the Premier League. My name is Chris Hopkins and I am joined as ever by the Dominic Calvert-Lewin to my Kieran Gibbs, it's Andy Case. Andy, uh, we did manage to meet up at the weekend. It was a you know very sober, very mellow occasion. You know, we did lots of tactical analysis on all, all the football. Um, you know, we, we and we watched so much of it. Have you fully recovered from 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 quite an intense day, really? Yeah, I'm, my obviously my hand was cramped quite a lot at the end with all the note taking that we were that we were doing. Um, but I, I think there might be one or two um, instances of, of the notes that I took during the uh, the final game, the the Arsenal West Ham game, uh, where where those notes aren't quite as um, maybe as useful as as they could be for for any kind of analysis. I think I might have I might have gone a bit too much on the sugar rush there on my on my sort of tenth or eleventh lemonade. So. Yeah, yeah. Hands start slipping, and you know you're all over the page, scrawling like a primary school child. Um, but yeah, I'm sure you can make make some something out of that um, as we review review the the weekend's action. Uh, so as ever, we are going to run down all of the talking points from game week two, and particularly the, some of the things that we focused on uh, in our last preview podcast. So we're going to review some of our players on the radar. As we've said uh, on, on the previous few pods, we have more players on the radar than, than, than we would normally like. So we're going to try and blast through these fairly quickly. Then we're going to have a look at the uh, at, at the top differential and one of the higher ownership players that, that didn't have a great weekend in the section we like to call blankety blank. Hopefully ITV don't come after us for that. Um, we're going to review our stats versus eye test, looking at Nick Pope and Bruno Fernandes and whether it's worth getting on them and whether they justify their price. We'll review our captaincy picks and then we'll have a quick little look ahead to game week three. Andy, how does that sound? That sounds good, Chris. Let's go. Excellent. So let's kick things off with with Andy's beloved Manchester United and all of the players that we highlighted um, on, on the game week two preview pod. I mean, we spoke particularly about Bruno, about Marcus Rashford, about Anthony Martial, about potentially Mason Greenwood. Um, I think it's fair to say, as I was watching this one with you, this was definitely the the part of our Saturday where you were um, just visibly, visibly angry. I, well, I don't know what you mean, to be honest, Chris, and I'm sure anyone who's listening to this who knows me will, will understand that that is a grievous slur on my character. I think they'll know that I was watching this in complete and utter calmness. Um, and perfectly uh, reasonably understanding why Man United were playing so dismally. Uh, yeah, no, obviously I wasn't happy as a fan with their performance, but from an FPL point of view, you know, we had spoken on the preview pod about how I had wanted to see it from United first, and um, I wasn't necessarily going to be investing in, in in those players because of the kind of, you know, price points they're at this season, and therefore the the consistency and the kind of, confidence I'd want to have in a player like one of those where if you're going to be paying that type of price so and I think that kind of played out um obviously United looked very good going forward during um the end of last season after lockdown but the defense was always kind of dodgy um for me and we we spoke about it when we were doing our sort of pilot episodes towards the end of last season Chris where I said even in that first game post lockdown which was against Tottenham um away if people can remember it and Shaw and Maguire and De Gea all made terrible mistakes in that game this week obviously Lindelof took a took a lot of the flack um but just United in general didn't didn't look 
fantastic all over the pitch and yeah I, I i would be in terms of being on the radar they're on the radar this week because it's like the first week and you don't know what to expect but for me definitely i've not, not i'm not thinking about really any of them getting in my team at the moment i need to see a lot more certainly obviously an improvement from the whole team but then it's going to take a, you know a few more weeks for those um uh the the traumas they've caused me after saturday to be to be repaired and me to have my to you know trust in them again yeah absolutely Absolutely, and I think I, th- I think that's all completely fair. Nothing, they just didn't look very cohesive even going forward. You know, defensive frailties alone, um, you know, or defensive frailties aside, um, you know, what we liked about Man United towards the end of last year was definitely that they looked exciting going forward, and that wasn't really on display um, on Saturday uh, tea time. Um, let's move on then to one player in particular that does make you very happy. And that's Tarek Lamptey um, at Brighton. I mean, you really do think he's the real deal. I, you know, from what I've seen, he looks pretty class. And is he off the radar to the point that he's going to be in your team this weekend? Well, from like just from like a logistical point of view of how my team's set up and the money and the free transfers and everything, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to prioritise him with other moves I've got to make and stuff. But if there was a way to make it happen, if I was on any kind of wild card or if I was looking for a four point, if you know the first chance I get to get a, a defender in my team, I think he's going to he's going to be up there. Now, unfortunately, how good he looks on on you know on screen as a player doesn't quite relate yet into fpl points um fully although obviously he did get an assist and a clean sheet this week um it it, it it's you know longer term will 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 that will he keep being able to get assists will brighton continue to keep getting clean sheets i'm still not 100 sure on that yet but as a player everything you've said about what the way i feel about him is is, is completely true i think he looks absolutely fantastic and uh, you know i'm not uh, uh, that's not a unique opinion anymore. Obviously, a lot, a lot more people are kind of mentioning that. So you, you probably would have, will have heard, but about Tarek Lamptey elsewhere before, before uh, th- this podcast um, this week. But, but hopefully, you took, you took note of what I was saying of it, be, about him last week and, and and previously. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a very good value defensive, um, you know, defensive asset in FPL. So I'm sure he's going to be making his way into plenty of teams if he's not already. Um, full disclosure then for, for for those listening that we are recording this during the uh, Wolves-Man City game. But let's just quickly touch on Man City. Again, they're another team that, that we did focus a fair few players um, from, mainly because it was their first week. And we obviously know from from many years gone by how how great an asset some of these Man City players can be. But we've already had attacking returns then from... Kevin De Bruyne, Raheem Sterling, and Phil Foden. Aguero was the other one that we didn't mention, uh, although that we did mention in theory for for you know for future weeks, but but is injured. Um, so job done, I guess, in that sense, from us perhaps just predicting the obvious. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, like like, like you say, we've got to wait to see how how the game kind of goes with um with City here, and that they look very comfortable going forward. I think they've still got question marks about um. In, in defence, they've, they've, they've had a few injuries and they're starting with Stones and Ake at the back today. So, yeah, uh, throughout the rest of the team, I think potentially potentially issues. But no, they've looked very comfortable on the ball when they've been going forward. 
Um, obviously, the thing to watch out for, which nobody really knew about, was the fact that Aguero's injury is continuing. Um, so he will still be out for next month or two. So so obviously, that's one less City asset there to think about. But all of the other three, really, KDB, Sterling, Foden, have all been involved in goals tonight already. Um, and I think, you know, <clears throat> the question marks over Foden might be his long-term sort of starting because he started on the right wing today, which would be usually be sort of Mahrez, someone like Mahrez's position. And it seems like an odd one to me because they're playing sort of two more holding players in Fernandinho and Rodri, where you'd think it'd be only one or the other of those, which which would have been the spot Foden would, you'd suspect, would have filled. So that'll be interesting to sort of see going forward for him more specifically. But yeah, they're... they're at least one of those, probably one of the higher value ones, KDB or Sterling, probably will be having to come into my team um, this week. So they're definitely on the radar and Foden more long-term definitely is too, yeah. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree with that. And I think you know, one interesting takeaway that, that, that I perhaps spotted was the, the, the weakness of City's bench. Um, and that obviously is down to injuries and, and not just injuries, but you know, coronavirus as well. Uh, Gundogan um, you know, being out, the heat test is positive and obviously Laporte and Mares have done fairly recently. So I assume it's not so much injury, but match fitness that's possibly keeping them um, out of uh, out of the squad. But but perhaps while the, that bench is weaker and they do have injuries, then perhaps some of these um, sort of key players, some of some of the some of the um, more expensive city assets, are perhaps a bit proof uh, or, or going to be saved from pet roulette. Um, we'll touch them very briefly on two two strikers that you know, we both like for for perhaps very different reasons. Raúl Jiménez. I don't think we've seen much from him. In the Wolves game, but but I definitely still should keep, I guess, on, on on radars in general because of his quality and what we've seen from him um, in in game week one and, and some previous seasons. And then Ollie Watkins looked fairly lively, I think, for for Villa tonight, but there's still no goal. And I guess you'd have to have to worry perhaps where where the creativity is going to come from in, in in that Villa side. Obviously, you know, they did get the win against Sheffield United, but Sheffield United were down to ten men for. 80 plus minutes and the goal came from a centre half so have to perhaps worry that Villa weren't really looking to break Sheffield United down and therefore you know although Ollie Watkins at 6 million might be worth a worth a go perhaps isn't going to return um quite as often as perhaps I would like him to or I would have expected him to um let's talk about Everton I don't want to talk about Everton too much in this stage because I'm sure we're going to talk about them endlessly and but definitely we're going to speak about them in game week in the game week three preview. But we did mention them as as being on the radar after an impressive game week one and uh, game week two was just even more impressive. Well, yeah, we we obviously like we we said it about how they'd sort of played well in that first game week and then it was just as ever with a, with any sort of one week sample size it's the, the, the only questions left once you've seen one good performance is can they do it again and obviously absolutely that going again going for similar to city in some ways going forward you cannot question that front three um i think i said to you on one of the goals i can't remember which one it was maybe dcl second uh, that that was almost perfection from your forward line that is almost exactly what you couldn't ask for a better forward three you've got um you've got Hames playing a fantastic ball through, like an intricate through ball, or well, sort of through ball that puts um, Richarlison, who's sort of dragged his defender out and beaten the offside trap um, in, and and you know used his pace a little bit to get behind, and then pulled it back across for your number nine, who's in the absolute perfect poacher spot in the middle of the six-yard box, tapping it in. I mean, it's everything you want out of a goal. So um, if you're if you're a coach, so so yeah, their their all-round play looked good. All of those players, for different reasons, are, are, are still on the radar. I think Hamez and DCL are likely to be the two with, with higher ownership because obviously Richarlison and, and Dominic Havaloon both counted as strikers in the game. 
and um yeah Richarlison is um is is going to cost you a little bit more money and DCL's the one getting the goal so it'll be interesting to kind of keep an eye on that nuance going forward but I think sooner rather than later I'm going to have to be getting one of those Everton assets in my team yeah fair play I think I think I think I will too um, for, for perhaps a slightly different reason to most and, and one that we might come on to a little bit later in the pod. Um, let's move on then to talk about um, the top differential and, and and our little little section called Blankety Blank. I mean, which one would you rather start with? Let's start with top differential this week. I think we went Blankety Blank last week. So one that we've picked out um, here this week is, is Neil Mapai for Brighton. 2% ownership, got 16 points this week. Um, I think one thing that you've highlighted to me, again, talking about Tarek Lamptey, who, who, who you do seem to adore, was perhaps that his assist um, potential might be slightly negated by Brighton not having a sort of out-and-out striker or a striker that's going to get um, you know, loads and loads of goals. Neil Mopai, 10 last year two so far obviously this year with, with with what he did at the weekend I mean do you think you, perhaps there's a chance that he has taken the next step that he could start you know being a, a, a more uh, sort of viable fantasy asset see yeah I mean obviously the, the point of this segment is um, uh, that you know the top differential this week um, and he undoubtedly is with the number of points he's got and I think he certainly has benefited from the Tarek Lamptey effect because of the you know where his goals came from but I don't think long for me long term yeah we, we have seen quite a few games more pay in the Premier League now I don't think necessarily he's consistent enough finisher I mentioned last week that he spoiled a chance that Lamptey put right on his head so yeah obviously it's worked well for people this week and it could you know there could be other game weeks where this happens he he, he manages to haul because he's getting better um service and perhaps that was his problem last season maybe he wasn't getting the right level of service and with Trossard getting a little bit more game time with perhaps Lalana coming off the bench Lamptey putting in more crosses from out wide maybe more people get more service and that might lead to two more goals so we'll, we'll have a we'll have a look at that he's not immediately on my radar but I wouldn't um, necessarily rule out him as an option going forward uh, a couple more honorable honorable mentions both Leicester City players um Harvey Barnes 4% ownership and and 13 points he's not um you know it's not uncommon for Barnes to sometimes get a double double digit return I know he got a few for you I think last year um so he's definitely a a guy that that, that, that's well known to fantasy uh fantasy owners and and he's he's a player that, that that you mentioned earlier when we were having our pre-pod meeting that you know he often underperforms his xg showing that he does get into the good positions but perhaps if you can start converting more chances he could become a really dangerous fantasy asset yeah well i haven't got the stats in front of me right now but i know that historically he's he's quite he's quite a bit performed under his xg and it's always been a wonder of fantasy managers of with, with him being young he's obviously that showing he's getting into the positions and is he gonna you know develop that maturity in front of goal on that end product um Obviously, it has happened a few times, uh, but you want to see it more sort of than just sporadically. His his price point at the moment is where uh, you know just about where I think he's at seven mil, so that it would put him at a, you know quite a, a good option for for that for that price if he's gonna every now and again get you that double digit haul. Um, 
obviously, if you're looking at Hammers at 7.5, but he's a little bit of an, an anomaly, I guess, in, in this situation. Or maybe Foden at 6.5, who's also sort of scored tonight. Um, and you, you're probably not going to have all three. So that is high, quite high competition in that in that sense. But just taking him on his own regard there, if he can start to convert that uh, more consistently, then he's you know he's a quick player. He's making a lot. He's making good runs. He 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 always looks sort of lively and involved in in when Leicester kind of look good going forward. So. Yeah, he he, def- he definitely could be an uh, uh, an option for a more consistent differential in the future. And then Castagna as well. Um, you know, he's the third highest scorer in the game, but albeit you know with the huge caveat that that is just after two weeks. But six percent ownership, uh, return nine points this this game week. But I think you know again, again another thing that that that, that you know, we've mentioned is that perhaps his ownership. Um, is is slightly or well, low ownership rather is slightly reflective of the fact that he is a bit more expensive than James Justin, who seems to be the best way into Leicester's defence. But then they didn't their defence didn't look brilliant, and 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 Kastan, uh, is getting some attacking returns, so he he is maybe one one differential pick to look out for. Let's move on then to Blankety Blank, and uh, not so much his fault. I think last week the the, the guy that we highlighted, you know, we 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 didn't think he had a particularly good week. Um, both with our eyes or with uh, fantasy returns. But Timo Werner perhaps isn't the case this week. Obviously, it was fairly unlucky that uh, he was playing a you know, the, the champions and his team went down to 10 men for at least half the game. Um, so did we see anything that makes us think that he's going to become an unviable fantasy asset or is it just simply, uh, simply a case of, 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 of a bit of bad luck this week for Timo? Yeah, so I think you're you're sort of alluding to it there, really. And yeah, he is he is obviously very high owned, and and he he, he got an assist last week, but that's kind of been his only return in the, in the first two games. Um, but this week, you know, obviously Chelsea got that red card in the first half, so they were playing against Liverpool, the champions, with with for ten men for more than half the game. Um, he was up front on his own for a bit, then he got shoved out left. Um, obviously the hope was that someone like a Havertz would be would be kind of providing for him maybe but that was you know hoping that he'd be hitting the ground running which is a difficult thing perhaps to expect um for a young player um, and there's because of the red card didn't he at half time have it so well exactly yeah um and um no Pulisic no Ziyech there are other creative kind of hopes for this season so I'd say especially with I think is it West Brom they've got in the in the next game who obviously did not look great necessarily at the back um uh, yeah, I think that's a good option potentially in the in the longer run. He's he's worth sticking with maybe for a bit, and and we're not. I wouldn't sort of do him down too much off off the back of this week. No probs. And then a few honourable mentions again. We you know we have already talked about Bruno Fernandez, but he is is by far and away the sort of the highest owned Man United attacker. Twenty three percent and just two points didn't look like he was particularly influential in the game. And another interesting one, perhaps, Alex McCarthy. I think he was the, the joint highest-owned goalkeeper. Um, zero points in this game. I think you know something that, that, that you pointed out, and I think this is fair, is that none of the goals really appears to be, appear to be his fault. He's not dropping any clangers, but um, I think people were hoping that the Southampton defence would be a little bit better, maybe get a few more save points. And, and, and yeah, it hasn't really transpired in the first two games, but I guess, you know... I, fantasy owners have to decide whether they want to haul out a goalkeeper that's fairly low low priced for um you know, because he's really causing them causing them drama and and i guess you know he's probably not really but but yeah I'll maybe want to keep keep a bit of an eye on to see if he if he continues to um to sort of you know continues to blank 
Um, shall we move on and have a look, have a think about our stats versus versus eye test? Sure. Yeah. So I'm gonna leave the floor to you. I think to talk in a bit more depth about Bruno Fernandez again. I think we've mentioned him already twice on this podcast. So perhaps not the longest or not the biggest floor for you to express yourself. Um, but we did mention him, had seen a big price rise, which I, th- I think you know, we've we mentioned quite a lot, um, and really didn't look particularly great at the weekend, did he? Yeah, so obviously, you know, given that we said to kind of maybe hold off, it can make us look really clever. But even if he'd looked great this week, the point of in this section why we were sort of saying hold off was because at 10.5 million, you know, you want that confidence that he's going to, you, you can be sure he's going to... Um, uh, provide for you kind of every week and the few games he'd kind of played so far for United and the way that United had looked like I said towards the end of the season particularly and over the Europa League I don't think you could have had that confidence yet so even had he done great this week I'd still be thinking well I still don't 100% trust United I want to see it in at least a kind of couple more games to be confident that they are in form at the moment um, and I think so I think that's that that's the wider point but obviously that that's only even more hammered home by the fact that the performance was was, was terrible and we spoke about United players kind of as a group there at the start when we were talking about players on the radar um without going into the specifics of of all of them um but but again so to talk about bruno specifically in in this bit he he you know he didn't get on the ball quite as much in the areas you'd want him to particularly when donny van der beek came on who obviously did end up scoring but um it looked like bruno was playing a little bit more withdrawn um and yeah that it, it he wasn't helped by uh, the forwards in front of him. You know, Marshall and Rashford both look really, really off the pace. And I, you know, I think Bruno's passing was a little bit off as it was. But then, even if it had been great, if you haven't got the players making the runs in front of you, you can't set them up with an assist, right? So yeah, um, I think that 10.5 million is doing a lot of work really there at the moment, and it could could be a lot better spent in other places. So yeah. We, we, he's, he's the eye test is telling me there that the stats are not the, the money you'd want, you'd have to pay is not going to be not going to be worth it at the moment. And then another one, obviously, that, that we mentioned with a big price rise was Nick Pope. Um, five and a half mil, you know, has always been a, a fairly budget goalkeeper, but but isn't this year conceded four in their first game of the season. Um, again, none look like, particularly like his fault. But if Burnley's defence is going to get picked apart like that, you know, even if he, even if you could justify five and a half million um, for Nick Pope, I feel like you perhaps, or well, at least the first game, definitely implies that that his potential for for big returns isn't going to be anywhere near what it was last year. Yeah, I think we covered, kind of covered all this in the preview, really, and I haven't really got much more to say other than the fact that we met, We also mentioned McCarthy and, and Ryan, um, and also now with Emmy Martinez definitely having moved to Villa for for 4.5 million, um, that there's another option there. All of those are million, a full million cheaper than Pope. Um, so, yeah, it, obviously they played what Leicester this week, so you, know, you could argue that they're not going to face um, a team that are doing so well attackingly perhaps every single week, but... Yeah, you, I still think like more widely, just that you you've got better flexibility spending that better potential for points spending that million somewhere else probably I'd imagine. No worries. And then let's conclude things then by reviewing some of the players we highlighted for captaincy. I guess let's start with uh, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. He um, it seemed again another fairly obvious captaincy pick, and and he did okay. He did return an assist, but Arsenal didn't look. Anywhere near really as good 
um, against West Ham as they did against Fulham, and you know they've got some some pretty ropey fixtures coming up. So I feel like it's likely time to move on from 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 Aubameyang. Yeah, it's not necessarily a reflection on on how he or Arsenal played um, uh, the weekend, more so of their fixtures that they've got coming up. But yeah, like you say, they they looked a bit a bit less um, convincing than you'd want them to against a team like West Ham at home. Although you know West Ham sort of changed their shape a little bit, and that seemed to kind of work for them. So I don't know if that caught Arsenal off guard or or what. But um, yeah, Abamyang, the always slight reservation with him in this system has been he isn't playing through the middle. Um, so again, whether that affected things, I'm. I don't, I don't know. I think we probably have to keep an eye on Arsenal a bit longer term to make some f- full decisions on that. But when you, if you've got any kind of doubts like this and you're throwing in their, their fixture run they've got coming up, and now we're, look, we're talking about all those City assets earlier, you know, the, the sort of particularly Sterling and KDB in the same kind of price bracket, um, it's, it's a very kind of straightforward move to one of them. So, yeah, I, it, it could, he's done okay. Um, one goal and one assist as my captain in both of those first two weeks. But, uh, you, you know, uh, um, ideally you'd want more than that, especially against the teams who are playing and I will probably be moving on. We've mentioned Man United assets plenty on this pod already. Um, I think when you know, we did speak about them, you were fairly uh, fairly tentative about going for them and, and definitely justified in your tentativity because they, as we've said, didn't look great. You know, not no, sort of no returns. Um You'd have been very disappointed, I think, in the end, if you had captained uh, uh, one of the Man United attackers this week. Yeah, I mean, like I said at the time, I think if you were confident enough to have them in your team, then it's not necessarily a terrible decision to captain them because, you you know, there's a reason why you're thinking that you want them in your team, right? So that reason doesn't suddenly become null and void when you're sudden, when you're thinking about captain. It's obviously the original reasoning that you probably need to consider there rather, your, rather than your captaincy choice. But look, a point I made on the preview pod was if you're confident enough to have them in your team, then, then kind of why not captain them? Because you think, well, they're playing Palace at home and... You, you you know you've chosen them because you think they're going to do well against against that team. But obviously, yeah, uh, there will be some that won't be any comfort to uh, some very frustrated managers out there this week. I can imagine. And then we went with the World Cup pick, and we did mention James Rodriguez. Um, and had you been ballsy enough to do it, it would have been perfect. Would have uh, would have really you know, really really come off. And 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 I think looking forwards. Everton players are going to become really viable captaincy options, aren't they? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, so we mentioned how the fact Arsenal have got Liverpool, which is why a lot of people might well move on from Aubameyang, um, and City are playing Leicester this week, so that takes out a few more options even potentially for captaincy. But if you look at Everton's fixture run going forward, it looks quite decent, never mind the fact of how well they're obviously playing. When you bring all those factors together, um, yeah, that that there's some seriously viable um, captaincy options potentially um, potentially there. And like you say, you, you, you did mention it as a, as a wildcard option for someone like James. So, um, yeah, good call. Yeah, my flatmate, Captain Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He is an Everton fan. I'm sure we'll end up talking about him quite a lot on this podcast because he, you know, he's famous for his uh, you know, being an absolute massive Everton homer. Um, but 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 yeah, went 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 bold. Admitted to me on my way out of the flat on Saturday to to to, to meet Andy that it was a differential pick. It was a big risk, and one that one that one that really paid off. So so yeah, I think um, he's definitely sitting pretty at the top of top of my mini league at the moment. Um, let's look let's look ahead then very briefly to game week three. I know um, one thing that I've mentioned on 
on a few of the pods so far is that you know I wouldn't even if things had gone badly I wouldn't be thinking about wildcarding until um, until the transfer window is is over. Starting to wonder how uh, how attached to that principle I am. Things not looking particularly particularly great uh, for, for my team at the moment. Um, but anything that you picked out that's worth thinking about for managers ahead of game week three? Yeah, well, I mean, there, there, there's plenty of stuff we might well go through on the on the preview. So to hopefully not try and re- re- repeat um, our, uh, for when we're looking ahead there. I, I, I'd say the, the main thing I'm considering right now is Spurs' sort of schedule, really. Looking at their, they've obviously playing Tuesday in the Carabao Cup, then th- uh, Thursday in Europa League qualification, and then obviously back in the Premier League again on Sunday. And the, the irony is, is obviously if they keep winning those games, which they want to, then they're going to keep getting more games. And I think they're looking at Tuesday, Thursday again next week if they if they get through in both those rounds of the cup competition. So that that's they've they've brought in some reinforcements this week. Um in, in obviously Bale and Remregion that who mentioned before that they've they've both definitely confirmed a sign now. So, you know, squad depth a little bit more um there. But it's it's that is something certainly to consider with with, with any picks you might be looking at. Yeah, I'll be shocked if you know, Son and potentially Kane aren't in the top transfer in players uh, ahead, of, ahead of the next the next game week. But like you say, it's going to be it's going to be a very tricky schedule, and and uh, that's obviously providing if their Carabao Cup game goes ahead, because because uh, Leon Orient have got several first team players with the Roni. On that note, Andy, probably best to leave it there, and we will look forward to talking again later in the week um, as we preview game week three. Uh, but I hope you have enjoyed listening. And until then, you can always interact with us on our social media channels. We are on Instagram and Twitter at FPL underscore lounge. But other than that, Andy, till Friday. Thanks for joining us in the FPL lounge. <laughs>